Welcome to New Apology with Emily and Chris. So glad you are joining us once again today. Glad you are along. We've got a really great show planned for you. Yeah. And uh, it's going to start out with one of my favorite people in the world is back with us after like a week and some days in Israel. Chris is back. Glad to have you here. I made it to one of your favorite people. You're close to (laughs) the top. Am I? That's great. (laughs) 38 years of marriage, you'd think I'd be inner circle by now. No, you are. No, Israel was fantastic. It was was a great journey. Um, We booked another trip. It's going to come under the Fresh Road Media banner along with Designed to Thrive Marriage Ministry and Bible Idiots and No Mm -hmm. Apology with Emily and Chris. And we're going back to the Holy Land because when you're there, you, you get addicted to things. Like what the feeling you get on the shore of Galilee, you, you only get that there. Yeah, the feeling you get in the garden true. tomb. I got to officiate communion. And our youngest son actually, you know, was your replacement on the trip, actually kind of co-officiated communion with me. That was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And I got to baptize some people, including my son in the, in the Jordan River. Bethlehem, I don't know if you can read that. Bethlehem Souvenir Center, they gave me this uh, olive-carved pen. Um, as a gift, because I know those folks. To you. Yeah. yeah, and they, they remembered me. I mean, and I, well, I remember them too. You, you know the family, right, in mm-hmm. Bethlehem? Yeah. And how I would sit in there and have Turkish coffee with them when everybody shopped. Well, mm-hmm. they remembered me, and it was pretty nice. They so. do. Much more about the Israel trip coming up. In fact, uh, yeah. we're going to have some people as guests on the show to talk about the trip. It's December 2024. Details coming in the next yeah. seven to ten days. But I'm glad to be back. But yeah. I'm also glad I went. Uh, I, well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you went. I was kind of sad that I couldn't go. But then when Jake was able to take my place, that soothed my wound. It did it? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we've been there several times. Now, here's what I want to clarify, though. Going to Israel, the great thing about mm-hmm. it is the Bible comes to life. It's mm-hmm. kind of surreal standing where Jesus stood yeah. and hearing the words that you know Jesus said. But... Uh, you will hear things from, you know, Israeli Christians and Palestinian Christians who understand the culture way better than we Americans do. Mm-hmm. And that Bible comes to life and you understand things deeper and deeper. And every time we go, Chris, mm-hmm. you and I learn new things. Yeah, I, I mean, learned, you just can't I exhaust it. Yeah, you can't. It's can't so exhaust amazing. it. So, it, yeah, looking and, forward to that. And I'm absolutely addicted to the vibe you get when you see somebody's <laughs> eyes open up and they will never mm-hmm. see the Bible the same way again. Yeah. And you know it. And you yeah. are there to see it. Yeah. And everybody's experience is different. But if you are a born-again Christian and you love Jesus Christ, there's a good chance that God has laid it on your heart to go to Israel. It's, it's a common thing. God mm-hmm. wants you in his town. And so if you have that pull... And you don't get to go. Don't don't worry about it. You'll be at the New Jerusalem with all of us. But the if you New can Jerusalem, go yeah. and you do get a chance to go, you, you need to, need to try. But the old Jerusalem's pretty cool. Much more about Israel. <laughs> much more about Israel in yeah. December 2024 with Fresh Road Media uh, and Gary Coonan, Designed to Thrive, and me, Chris Danielson with Bible Idiots. I mean, we're all coming together to do a massive trip in December 2024. Yeah. Details are coming out. In, the next, by the next time we do the next show, because we're taking next week yeah. off for July 4th. What else is on the docket for today? Uh, later today, Mike Shaw, of course, is going to join us. But we got a really special, special announcement coming from Mike Shaw. You're going to be around to hear that. Know what's going on. Once again, we will play right on Way Off, our, my favorite time of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but this weekend is July 4th. Yeah. And so I thought this is just a great time to focus on... Our country, the founding of our country, the role that Christianity played in it. And I'm thinking today's a good day to maybe bust some of those myths 
and talk about our country in a way to help us love it once again. Okay. You know, make loving your country great again, right? <laughs> yeah. But first, Chris, you wanted to do a an apologetic yeah. portion of the well, program, which is an important part yeah. of our show. And we're going to get into it more when Mike Shaw comes on and we talk about his big announcement um, and why we position our show the way we do. But we're more of a variety type show, more Christian living, but with a strong apologetic bent. And, yes. And it's been said that you are possibly one of the next premier voices in women being Christian apologists. And that's part of why it's No Apology with Emily. Yes. Right? Sure. So yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we, can't let the, we can't let the Christian living and that type overpower of thing overpower. The and yet we got to have yeah. some news. We got to have some headlines. We got to have some Christian living. We got to have some fellowship type things and look at it through the Christian worldview and have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. But we also need to be about apologetics. So my apologetic piece to start this show um, is about making disciples from the pulpit. Have you ever thought about what it is to actually make disciples, and then when you think about the role the pulpit plays in it, it's kind of eye-opening. Well, it's kind of a, I guess, maybe a modern thought, I guess, uh, that discipleship happens not inside the church, that that's like an additional thing we do, but when you put it that way, it totally makes sense. I mean, the teaching and preaching of God's Word, God's Word is the power. God's Word is what changes hearts and yeah. and so on. So well, that David, totally makes sense. David Platt and Francis Chan came along with this uh, with this group, uh, I think they're called the Verge Network out of Nashville, um, about making disciples. Mm-hmm. And they've come up with what, and I don't know who wrote it, I don't even th- but I know David Platt and Francis Chan were promoting it. It's called Six Rhythms of Discipleship. Oh, I remember that. And when you live that. in that yep. Six Rhythms of Discipleship, that's something I brought to Iowa, that's something we, we constantly are trying to you know, without laying out the plan, you know, just kind of live out the plan. And eventually you got to lay out the plan as well. But the point is, is that I am, my radar is very much up for discipleship in any way, shape or form. I preach every Sunday. So discipleship from the pulpit, this guy named Paul Alexander wrote an article in 2017. Okay, I found it this week and I've been just reading it. It's just, it's fantastic how he broke this down. It was such an encouragement to me because we're about to talk about the founding fathers. And my message on Sunday is, one that I've given, I think this will be the 15th year in a row, I've mm. given this message on July 4th. Look, July 4th for me is much like Easter and Christmas. The text is already picked out. Yeah. You know, the, the topic is already done. Right. And we have been, when you know people learn that we're conference speakers, a lot of times people think that I was just preaching the gospel at these conferences. No, I was teaching American history at these conferences right. many, many times. Yep. In fact, my sermon on Sunday... Um, I'm being honest now. My sermon on Sunday about the founding of our nation is about an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So obviously nobody's going to sit through that or they'll be like people listening to Paul fall asleep, falling out windows. <laughs> so uh, I got her down to about 25 to 35 yeah. minutes. You say, Chris, can, can I be a disciple and not be a patriot and hate my country? I, I don't know, maybe. But why would you when you look right. at what God has done through this nation? And when you study the scriptures and you study biblical doctrine and Christian life, and maybe there's small group settings that'll help you. These are excellent ways to grow in Jesus. But making disciples, first and foremost, comes from the ancient art of preaching, mm-hmm. proclaiming. Okay, and, very good. And it's kind of weird when you stop and think about it, but preaching is actually one of the main ways we make and encourage followers of Jesus. You want to hear some a scripture that justifies it? I would love to. Well, we have to learn from who? From Jesus, from right? Jesus, from the Lord. Right. Yeah. So it says this Holy in Matthew Spirit. 11. All this is guys. all red letters. <laughs> Jesus says, um, 
All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Mm. Verse 28, here, here it is, ready? Okay, yep. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Ah. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah, that's very good news, don't you think? <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, consider some other examples from Scripture. I mean, okay. the, the role of public proclamation and disciple-making, you got to go to Philip's encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts oh, chapter 8. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about, uh, you know, the, the, the Christ-centered uh, evangelistic expression in Acts 2 from Peter? You know, I mean, that's how the church started was preaching. Right, right. And then you've even got synagogues and secular venues like the Hall of uh, Tyrannus in Acts 19. And then you've got the people in a smaller scale in 2 Timothy 2 and 2 Timothy 4, where we're told to preach the word in season and out of season. So the shepherd teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry or for building up the body of Christ is what preaching is. It's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Preaching then has both the form and in forms. That's what this Paul Alexander made the case okay, in his article. Okay, explain that to me. Okay, uh, it, it, it both forms and informs saints as disciple makers themselves. It forms them by calling them to ongoing repentance from their own sin. Okay. When you're discipling yep. others, the first thing you realize is I I kind of I'm not that good. Yeah. I, it's I, an ongoing I, I thing. Yeah. It's not a one and done. And, yeah. and it spurs them on to growth in Christian conviction, character, and ministry competence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander goes on to say this formative ministry helps us obey the message we proclaim, so that the church's mission is manifest with genuine love rather than hypocrisy. Christ-centered evangelistic exposition lets us look at Christ ourselves, so that we look like Him for others. Hmm. And that's a kind of a 2 Corinthians 3.18. Yeah. Do you get that? I the do. more you're making disciples out of good old-fashioned obedience, the more you're yourself growing in Christ. Right, right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it is. It's, it's um, one is the result of the other and vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my, that's my little uh, discipleship uh, apologetic portion for this episode. I don't even know what episode number we're on. I love that. I'm back from Israel. It's uh, the Thursday before <laughs> July 4th weekend. And when you preach and you preach from Scripture, there's a power there that the orator cannot claim. Right, exactly. Every time my messages have impacted somebody for the kingdom, and I mean not sometimes, but every time somebody comes back or they say, I always look at what God did, yeah. and I realize, wow, that's so much more than what I could have done with my right. simple words. Because I don't even know how ta- I get used that When way. they talk about like how it impacted them, I mean, it's so outside of what you were thinking of when you were preparing. When you're preparing and you're writing and you're praying and you're reading God's word, it doesn't odd or, you know, it doesn't enter into your mind that, you know, I really hope that uh, someone is impacted in this particular way and it means this to them. Like, you can't orchestrate it. Right. And someone comes forward, forward and tells you personally how it impacted them. You know it's the work of God, mm-hmm. not the work of the person speaking. Right. And so it's the power of his word. Well, let me bring this home with this, and that <clears throat> right. is is that I've always talked about the different types of preaching. You know, there's yes. expository preaching, verse by verse. There's, mm-hmm. you know, topical. There's textual. I always say storytelling can be a legitimate form of preaching. And this is what um, this Paul Alexander guy, who I do not know, I just found this article, and it's just so good. I, I don't want to just take from it and not give him credit. Yeah. He said, this is why disciple-making preaching cannot be topical or even doctrinal. Wait a it minute. has to be from Scripture, right? Say that again. 
Okay. This is why... It, it's a proclamation of the gospel. Right. Okay, this is why preaching cannot simply be topical or even doctrinal. It must model the gospel-centered, Christ-exalting explanation, interpretation, and application of Scripture so that Christians see a regular model of how to understand and explain the gospel in any biblical text in any way to engage unbelievers. In short, here it is. Here's the show-stopping number. Our people should be able to use God's Word to call unbelievers to repentance and faith in Christ. Which, what, what has to happen? He's leaving it out here, but there's something that has to happen. You got to explain the law. Yeah, that's true. You got to explain the law, and then the gospel makes sense. Yeah. A lot of people just share Jesus as love. Jesus loves you, and it falls Great. short. He should, because I'm I've awesome. Got, I've got some stuff in our ne- <laughs> upcoming shows. We got guests coming this summer. We're taking next week off. Uh, around July yes. 12th will be the launch of the show after this one. But that's uh, that's the apologetic piece. Remember, when you are preaching, or when you are listening to a preacher, or when you're sharing a sermon. Or if you go to Bible Idiots, my favorite landing site mm-hmm. for sermons, because that's where mine are, and I spent a lot of time with each one of them, mm-hmm. getting them ready and preaching right, them. Right, 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 right. Um, you will know that that is part of the disciple-making process, and so you will embrace it more. Right. And I love preaching. I, we got a sermon series going on with new preachers at our at our church. Uh, not totally new, but I mean, you know, those that are not completely polished on Wednesday nights. It's I'm so excited for this preaching uh, Wednesday night series because it is part of making disciples. Right, and that's what what you're getting at is the equipping of saints. The Word of God being preached from the pulpit needs to be equipping the saints to do what the saints are called to do, and that is to go and be fishers of men. So I like that, and I like that comment that you made, Chris, about can you be, what did you say? I can't even remember. Can I love Jesus and love my country too or something like that? No, I... where you got these people that want to follow Christ, but they hate their country. They want to be able to burn the American flag <laughs> and wave the rainbow flag and still claim right. Christ. And I'm like, eh, I'm not sure that's really legit. Well, here's the thing. If you really do love your neighbor, wouldn't Ooh. you want to help preserve their rights and their way of living and their the good things about it. And I mean, anybody can say that about regardless what country you live in, even if you lived in a Muslim country, mm-hmm. to benefit, you know, find God's there somewhere. Yeah. Find them and, and share that with your neighbor and preserve those good things. Now, if you're in a country like the United States or what the United States used to be, where the gospel of Jesus Christ was widely accepted, if yeah. you really truly loved your neighbor— you would want to see that preserved, and you would do what it takes to preserve that because Jesus is life. Well, the part of my journey with Jesus, I believe, is a love for the truth. And I'm talking about just in conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, do, you, do I like your new haircut? Yes, I do. Do I think they cut it a little bit too short? Yes, I do, and I shared that with you. But, I, you know, you, you, oh, I absolutely love it, uh, and, I, and I don't. Or I think it's not that good, and I actually think it's pretty good. You get what I'm saying? It's like... Just be honest. And when we talk about the founding fathers, when Mm -hmm. we talk about American history, the dishonesty is only surpassed by the evolutionists. I mean, you know, with just straight up lies, you know, just, I don't, we don't know. So we're just going to make this up. Like, (laughs) like a guy, like a guy in 1988 in court in Washington state admitting that, yes, he just made, he was the premier carbon dating expert in the world for like 15 years. And he admitted under oath. Yeah. I just made it all up. I was just kind of picking dates so at random. The founding, yeah, the founding fathers, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the founding fathers, and them being called deists, and them being called, you know, all the stuff, and the actual founding of our nation. 
as Christians mm-hmm. on a new shore looking for Jesus's return here. Mm-hmm. That's what really went down. Yeah. And you can go to wallbuilders.com because there's a guy named That's David Barton. Resource. David yeah. Barton has got the goods, man. I mean, we're talking about the documents, the actual authentic documents, mm-hmm. what the founding fathers actually wrote. Well, you know, all the stuff that's etched in stone in, in, in Washington, D.C. It's everywhere. It's, you can't run from it. <laughs> but we have people that look right at this evidence and they say, no, that's not true. These guys were yeah, something different. Yeah, I think different. there are two really big myths that are going around right now uh, in the revisionist history and so on. And number one is that our country was not based on Christianity, that the foundations are not Christian, that they're just kind of open to whatever. That's a myth. That's not true. Uh, And I think the second biggest one and most recent one is that our founding fathers were deists. You know, Mm -hmm. most of them are like... No. Yeah, there were a couple Christians in there, but most of them were Dias, and it's like, that's not so, that's not even close to the truth. Here's the thing. When you take God out of the textbooks, mm-hmm. of course, then you can tell kids anything you want about them, because you don't have that. It's just like, you know, Martin Luther King Jr.'s memorial. It doesn't say Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. It just says Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just kind of bypass the fact that his doctorate is was in theology right that he was a firm believer in the lord jesus christ and um all you have to do is look at the documents themselves okay so let's bust that first myth that it's not based on christianity okay number one let's look at those founding documents like the declaration of independence a lot of people say god's not mentioned in in the founding documents at all he's all, all over the founding documents. very vague. well he's not mentioned in textbooks anymore have you read the Mayflower Compact ta- lately? Not in text. They, they completely throttled the Mayflower Compact. They literally delete it out of the textbook, so children yeah. are not reading it in its entirety. Yeah. So of course they would believe you. Anyway, uh, the Declaration of Independence, it does mention God four separate times, mentions him as creator, and mentions him as lawgiver. That's really important. We're going get to get to that in, in a little bit. Uh, the Constitution. A lot of people will say, God's not referenced in the Constitution. Wrong. In Article 7, I think it is, it references the year of our Lord. And so uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. I love that one because people complain that the the Pledge of Allegiance originally didn't have one nation under God. Under Mm -hmm. God was added later. Well, and that was the big one in the 80s that opened my eyes to the Democratic Party's descent into absolute madness. <laughs> um, right, yeah. They became the anti-Christian party in the 80s. Yep. Well, they, I think they have been for a long time, but I'm just saying they came out and said they wanted under God removed from that, and they wanted in God we trust taken off our money. Right, right. I don't know if people remember that during the Reagan administration, but that's when the first big push started coming, yeah. and they circled the wagons around Clinton a handful of years later, right. and our nation's never been the same. So here's what and you tell so yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, for those Christians out there, actually, for those of you who call yourself Christians and you just are diehard vote Democrat, simple question, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Can you not see what they say? Can you not read what they write? I mean, right. same thing with the founding documents. you got to look at it, and you got to look at the actual evidence. you got to say, uh-uh, I'm going to choose not to right. believe that because it doesn't fit my worldview. Right. So let's look That's at how the, blatant it is. It is. Let's look at the actual evidence when it comes to the Pledge of Allegiance because it is true that it was added later. It was added in 1954. Do you know what president added it? I'm going to guess Eisenhower. You would be correct. Yeah, I'm pretty good Great with the president. Great guy. I like that guy. You know, I did a lot of research on this stuff. He, he was a pretty years. awesome person, like, all around. But anyway. I like Ike. He added, Ike added it in 1954, but here's the thing that you got to remember. The pledge wasn't even the pledge until 1944. 
five. So that's like nine years later. And the Pledge of Allegiance actually went through a little revisionist revisionism over the year till they finally got it where they actually wanted it. Like everything else, like the Declaration of Independence, like the Constitution. Okay, what do you mean they got it to where they wanted it? What are you talking about? Well, the, it, it changed a few times. The wording changed a little bit over those nine short years until that was the final edit of the Pledge of Allegiance, just nine short years later after the pledge became the pledge. So why is that it's a problem to some It's not that big of a deal. People. I don't understand why it's a problem. They they try to, I think, make it look like the Pledge of Allegiance was this thing that we've been doing since the beginning, which we haven't. And then all of a sudden, you know, in recent history, some president just added that. Well, no, that's not really what happened. Yeah. That was just the final edit. That's all it was. Everything goes through that. If you think somebody's going to sit down and write a book or a poem or a song and it's just going to come out and nothing's ever going to be changed, just the original, the first, you know, idea dump that they have, Mm -hmm. that's not real. That's not real. So it's not that unusual. Well, that I mean, under there God are was times. Added. There are times when you're like the one cut cowboy. That's what we used to call it, where you just write the ad and you record it in one cut, and it's like it's it's a miracle. You didn't have to edit it at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, and I'm with you. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that unusual, is what I'm saying. Right. It would be unusual for if it, it not didn't to be in an edit process. Yes, right. Yes, so yes, yes. let's. Uh, so they do say that it, it's not in the Constitution, even though they do reference the year of our mm-hmm. Lord, and even though maybe our federal Constitution, our U.S. Constitution doesn't specifically say this. All these other documents do. And if you look at the constitutions of every single one of the 50 states, the state constitutions, Mm -hmm. they all mention God, uh, some of them more than once. A total, cumulatively, all 50 states, their constitutions mention God 200 times. So to say that it's not a Christian country, that it, it doesn't have its foundations in there, you are, you would have to just, you know, I'm la, 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 la. Well, the other thing that they're <laughs> doing is, is they're taking all of the bad things of our past. Everybody, every human being that's walked the face of the earth for five minutes or longer has a past. Yeah. And it's not always great. And it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person. Right. Same thing with the country. There are some yeah. things in our country's past that are not great. But all we've got from the left right now, and they're winning, by the way. They're kicking our butts. It's really sad to watch. But they are just pounding away and have been for 20-plus years on how bad America is. And so yeah. if you go back to the Christian founding and you, can, and you can't eliminate that, then you got to make it to be where these people said they love Christ, but they were so mean, so awful in all these ways. Right. So the, right now in America, in 2023, when we're recording this, it is becoming more and more illegal and offensive, and you deserve jail time if you burn a rainbow flag. Mm-hmm. But if you burn an American flag, well, that's understandable. Right, right. And, and, and kid you not, when I was in Israel, America flipped, and we now are a secular, pagan, homosexual-loving nation. That's, that's, our, that's our national religion. The flag was hanging there on mm-hmm. the White House. They have, that, is, that is a proclamation. Right. How God does not judge our nation anymore, I don't know. It has to be that he's protecting the saints. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know. I mean, this is definitely a very unique place on the globe, and that's not to say that, oh, gee, God loves America more than every other country. Not true. We're not saying he doesn't. that. Are you sure? Get that out of your head. Okay, I, I so. thought I heard the spirit chanting, USA, USA. <laughs> <laughs>
That was your wife. Oh. Okay. So. Anyway, I want to make this one point yes, before you go on. Go on. What Emily is talking, she's coming from a worldview that she can't just like, when she needs to stop and explain it because she's just assuming that you know. She's assuming that you know that we have been fighting this for over 20 years, that we have been watching revisionist history people take actual evidence, stone cold, empirical document. Yes, this was written by fill in the blank, John Adams, George Washington, whatever. And then they, they set it aside because it doesn't match their worldview. Mm-hmm. We're trying to say that we've got to get back to just honoring the truth. Is God our creator? Is is, is God is God the God of the United States? Was the United States founded uh, obviously by God with Jesus Christ and the gospel message being part of it? You know, that's the question that mm-hmm. we have to ask ourselves. So Emily's right. coming from that perspective that everything has been rewritten. I mean, look at the original Mayflower Compact. Find it. I dare you. I double dog dare you. You're going to have a hard time finding the original words because it's been so throttled because it's so obvious in the Mayflower Compact. These were Christians coming to the shores of this new land, hopefully to see Jesus Christ return. Okay, That was the goal. Anyway, back to your founding fathers. All right. So, um, you know, it's really interesting when you go back to God's word and you see how Satan works. And remember in the Garden of Eden, we talk about this all the time. How Satan said, did God really say that? Did God really say that? Does it really say that? Um, and and Eve said, yeah, that's what he really said. You know. So when you start looking at these documents, you are able to say, yeah, that's really what it says. Mm-hmm. So then what was Satan's next tactic? It was, well, does that re- is that really what he meant? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and same the thing. same thing is happening one with trick pony. the deconstruction of this country. And that is they're saying, well, you know, OK, those words were written, but it, does that really mean what you think it means? And that gets us to myth number two that I want to bust. And myth number two is that our founders by and large were deists, that uh, they believed in God, but it wasn't necessarily Jesus Christ, biblical God as given account in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And again, not true. All you have to do is read through their quotes and the things they wrote and the things that they said. And some of our founders were indeed not real vocal on specifically what they believed, but I think that was in large part due to it was known and assumed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it, was it was known assumed. and assumed. This is the foundation. And so here's the foundation. And we go from there. Now that we know this, now that we understand this, now that this is settled, yeah. now we go from there. And so there are a few of those that aren't real you know, specific about what they believe, but they were not deists, okay? No. Because a deist, by definition, is someone who believes in God but belie- and believes that God created everything, but then kind of just leaves us to ourselves on our own, uh, you know, on our own to do whatever it is we're going to yeah. do, and he's a little detached. Yeah. He's not intimately involved in individual lives. And so... um that's kind of the, the belief system. Well, but when you read through the quotes, mm-hmm. that is not at all what these founding fathers are writing about. And there's lots of quotes um, that you can just Google. Yeah. And it will tell you exactly what they thought about God, about Jesus. And Do you have so one on. handy? I have a lot of them, actually. Well, I mean, I have a couple that I'm supposed to pull up on screen whenever you're um, ready. Well, first of all, some of these documents mention God not just as God, the divine, but they mm-hmm. mention him as God, uh, as I said before, the lawgiver. That's mm-hmm. really important, because if he's the lawgiver, then he is morally invested 
in our lives. He is also identified as the one from whom our rights come from. Mm-hmm. The, the, these are not deist ideas. These are This is the idea of a God who's very intimately and personally involved in the lives and in the hearts of men. And so uh, that's not true. Don't buy into that law. One of the quotes well, is from John Adams, and John Adams has like a gajillion quotes. Sure. And so we're going to be bringing some of those. But uh, the one that really stuck out to me, and this really puts the nail in the coffin, uh, because you have John Adams, he was mm-hmm. the president, and then his son, John Quincy Adams, of course, is raised by him and grows up mm-hmm. to be president as well. But he says, we recognize no sovereign, John Adams, the patriarch. Mm. We recognize no sovereign but God. Of course, they're departing from England. And well, the king. I got a different John Adams quote I just pulled up on and, screen. And no king but Jesus. Yeah. He's named. He's right there. Now, who was he speaking on behalf? He's talking. He says we. Mm-hmm. Who's we? Yeah. Us who are writing the Constitution and doing these things. And, yeah, there are more uh, quotes by John Adams. He was probably one of the most vocal ones. He says, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the govern, uh, to the government of any other. Yeah. So you take God out of the equation and you've got you're going to have problems in your society. He wasn't the only one that believed that. We have people like Joseph Story who reiterated that when he says the beautiful boasts of our municipality jurisprudence is that Christianity is a part of the common law. There you go. Christianity is a part of this whole thing. There never has been, he goes on to say, there never has been a period in which the common law did not recognize Christianity as lying, as laying its foundations or lying its foundations. And he was the associate justice of the Supreme Court back in the 1800s. Yeah, you can't deny it when you actually look at it. Let me get back to the deist thing. I had a comment about the deist thing. Go ahead. Yeah, you're on. Um, The the deist problem is like everybody says Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Okay, he even said that there are some deist things. And so Thomas Jefferson, in my opinion, is probably the furthest from authentic Christianity of, you know, in the writings and the actual documents of just bona fide empirical evidence of what Thomas Jefferson said. He used the Holy Bible to, in much of the New Testament to create the curriculum for the Washington, D.C. school district back mm-hmm, in the day. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of things, and he was a part of a group of our founding fathers who said, and this is how they get the DS label, yeah. is they say that the differences in our interpretation of Scripture can be so minor that the magnitude of Christ as uh, Jesus, as our as our Lord and Savior, as the Christ, that the the power of God's Word will sort the rest of all that out. Right. So we right. don't have to have a stance on it. We can be more... And again, if I say, let's be Switzerland, you know, every, most people know what that means. Right. That means we're going to stay neutral, we're going to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of Switzerland playing going on at that point because... You didn't need, uh, and even Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield talked about, you know, you didn't need this this division for no reason when they right. were fighting a battle that couldn't be won. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that's what I talk about in my sermon on Sunday, is that the Revolutionary War was absolutely impossible for us to win on paper. God divinely gave us victory, and that's what I'm going to talk about in my message, which you can hear on Bible Idiots um, podcast uh, next week. Um, Sunday afternoon, we're going to try to put it up, I guess, right? Yeah. Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to try to put that up. The, the power of the gospel and the people choosing not to engage in a, in, a, in a disagreement over it 
has left some revisionist history people looking at saying we could claim that they're deists. Right. We know from their own testimony that 52 out of the 54 signers of the Declaration of Independence had a testimony, a written testimony, and when they signed that document, they were signing away their property, the safety of their family, any business that they had built up. Their lives. They would. They their knew. They lives. knew that yeah. the liberty and freedom that they were fighting for was going to cost them absolutely everything when they wrote their name down on that mm-hmm. paper that was going to go to the king. So and it did. It, the the all inness of mm-hmm. our founding fathers gives them more credibility than. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm an authentic credibility guy. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. hate it when I lose credibility. Mm-hmm. When I have this Christian testimony and all of a sudden somebody cuts me off of traffic and, and <laughs> I go Mussolini from the balcony on the driver that is just sitting there smiling with the tunes up, doesn't know what's going on, just oblivious. You, 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 I don't want to be that guy. <clears throat> right, yeah. And so, you know, it, it's one of those things where I just want us to look at the truth and let the truth change us. Yeah. And our creator God, there's no question the founding fathers believed that there was a creator yep. and believed that we owed our rights to him and believed he that we were lawgiver. responsible for yep. him. Yep. And at the end of the day, if you start wiping away everything, every, you know the old phrase, follow the money? Yeah. You know, follow the money, follow the trail. I always say, follow who you're going to be accountable to. Uh. At the end of the day, if you are accountable to a creator God, then that's bad news for absolutely everybody on the planet. You know why? Because Romans tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And who knows my sin the most? <laughs> that would be me. Who knows your sin the most? That would be you. Right. And Emily's sinless, so we got to just move on and ah, deal with that. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. Someday, yeah. someday, yeah. Well, you'd think. <laughs> On certain days that that's what you feel. <laughs> Talking about when I'm fully redeemed. So the, the the founding fathers, America was founded on Christian values, and I believe with all my heart, the evidence shows without question, this country was founded to be the yep. catalyst that God chose to share the gospel with the whole world. Yep. More missionaries have come out, of, well, up until the last 15, 20 years when our nation completely turned. But up until then, America was the number one mission-sending organization. Now we have... Pockets. Missionaries coming to our country. We have pockets of born-again <laughs> Christians, even from Africa, that are coming to America yeah. to share the gospel with, with our people because that's how far. Hey, when I graduated high school in 1983, we were number one in like like 37 of 40 yeah. categories, and now we're 39th in almost every category. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know, I loved what you were saying earlier about... Um, about the law and sharing the gospel. And when you share the gospel, it starts with the law. Yep. And realizing, oh, we are sinners in need of a Savior. That's where it all begins. James Madison, fourth president of the United States, one of our founding fathers, because I kind of want to end it with this, and I want to go on to a quiz for you, You're going to give me a quiz? I'm going to give you a quiz. But James Madison, fourth president of the United States, said this. He said, the future and success of America is not in this Constitution. Mm. (gasps) Oh. What does he possibly mean by that? He goes on to say, but in the laws of God upon which this Constitution is founded. They knew full well the gospel of Jesus Christ and the importance that it played in the founding and the success of the United States. Now, well, if we were a real show, mm -hmm. we would now take a break for our sponsors. (laughs) <laughs> we're not a real show. No, not yet. Because this feels really no. real to me. Hey, we are listener supported, and right now the, the five listeners are we have they're making their own five. decision. Go to freshroadmedia.com. Yes. 
that is our sponsor. That is our parent organization. It's a 501c3 uh, that is just starting out. So you know uh, how startups are. They need every, if you like this show at all, I mean, send something to yeah. encourage Emily and Mike Shaw because right now they help us keep it. They're going. on the bummer train a little bit. Help us yeah. keep it going. We yeah. need people just like you. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, do you want me to play bumper music to kind of make it feel I like do. we took a break? Do you have some presidential quiz mm. show bumper music oh, you could play? Let's try this one. Uh, sounds presidential, I guess. <laughs> and now, broadcasting from the Fresh Road Media Studios in the sun-drenched part of Iowa. Here's Emily with her presidential quiz. <laughs> Emily, take it away. Yeah, while well, it pours rain outside. If you hear a little thunder out there, that's the sun-drenched patio of Iowa. All right, so... And we're broadcasting from the top floor of the Fresh Road Media, Media Metroplex. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I do like about the internet, because there's not a whole lot that I like about the internet, is that you can research stuff and find information relatively quickly, really interesting information. Right. Chris, you're actually one of the smartest people I know, seriously. Seriously. Yeah, so, well, make me feel like Hunter Biden. <laughs> well, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what uh, Sleepy Joe said about Hunter Biden? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. speechless. I know. Like, I know. You stopped me in my yeah. tracks. I'm, the right I'm one of the smartest people you know. <laughs> You're also one of the only people I really know. <laughs> In fact, when others come in our sphere of influence, no. I get clenchy. Uh, All right, anyway, Mike Shaw's ahead. right up there. He's yeah. going to be joining us yeah, in just a minute, a minute here. Right, but anyway, anyway so I've, got a, I've got a <laughs> quiz, and I want to know how much you know about presidents, because you know a lot more about our presidents than I do. But I did a quick little Google search, and I found some really interesting factoids, and I want to know how well you know our hmm. presidents. And so, I, I, well, How many I've questions got, are there? I need to know how many questions. Okay, let's see I want to know Pastor 23. No, no, I'm just kidding. Seven. Seven. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> did I teach you nothing in broadcasting? You can't do a 23-question question. Seven questions. All right, so it yeah. passes four. Passes um, over 50%? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Um, uh, our kids had to get 80% to pass okay. in homeschooling. So i got to get so five. I think I should be consistent, or I'm going to get calls right. saying, Mom. Right. I, I have, as you know, uh, besides <laughs> the Bible, which I haven't studied anything like I've studied Scripture and, and ancient culture around Scripture. There's nothing even comes close. But if there was a, uh, a second, it's pretty obvious. It's the American history, the Revolutionary War, and the First and Second Great Awakenings. Yeah. Your mind's a steel trap, man. Once we You're get once this. we get past Lincoln uh, on the, the presidents, I'm probably gonna gonna fail. But let's see what we got. <laughs> okay. You're probably gonna have questions like, "Who Question. liked cucumber salad served on the White House lawn?" Hey, I mean, you know me so well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Question Clinton, number one. Anyway. Question number one. Which right. president? Which president? This is a great quote. Which president was described as quote so honest that if you turned his soul inside out, there would be not a spot. On it, they're talking about a president. They're talking about a president. Who? Which now, president? Is it was one that? of the big ones? Is it a money president or is it a non-money president? It is a non-money president. Okay, because I mean, otherwise it would obviously be Washington. You know, <laughs> never told a lie and all that. Do you do you notice how the founding fathers always? <laughs> You're stalling, dude. You're totally stalling. I, I, got, I got a president in mind. I'm going to throw okay. out there. Okay. Because okay? um, I'll I mean, give you a hint. But but here's the thing. I don't need a hint. Okay. I just need you to know that. The authenticity of the topic, the truth in the situation, the realness, what is real, that's 
our founding fathers are dripping with that. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of our founding fathers. And this is this one of you our founding father surpri- type presidents? It pres- is. That okay. was going to be my next hint okay. was okay. it is one of our founding fathers. Yeah, because, I mean, you could say that about Lincoln. You could say it about a lot of the people. but and He's a lesser known uh, guy. Well, but, I mean, if it's who I'm thinking of, he was really known as being just like, like honest as the day is long. Okay. Like he'd tell you your haircut's What's, a little too what? short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Monroe. James Monroe. How did you know that? I told you. I study a lot. I know you James do. Monroe was known as, as, as a that very... That was my biggest honest, stumper of the, of the uh, whole oh, quiz. Oh, then I got a chance to pass. See, okay. if you're just tuning into the to the, <laughs> the former Chris and Emily show, now the Emily and Chris show, um, she loves it when I fail. <laughs> she types yeah. these up it's so like that Christmas. I fail. So if the, if the over-under is five, she's really yeah. pulling that I that I get three wrong. <laughs> because it's so outside of right. your character, who right. you are. Right. Okay, question number two. Okay. President. Which president was born on the 4th of July? Mm. I know this. Hmm. Born on the 4th of July. It's an obscure guy. It's not Yankee Doodle Dandy. Mm-mm. He was not uh, president. I think, it's, I, I, th- I think it's Ohio guy. Um, I don't know. Calvin Coolidge. Did you did you like look at my computer? No, what I'm, did you I'm t- just guessing. <laughs> I'm just okay, guessing. Okay, how did you land on Calvin Coolidge? Because I just remember him being born on the 4th of July. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I was there. I was in the room. He's going to... Dr. Spank just he's gonna, him. He we, cried. We can call him. We can call him uh, 18th century or 17th century Trump. Why do you say that? Because he had a term, then he missed a term, and then oh, he had another true, term, and that's yeah. what I think is going to happen. But his personality yeah. was totally opposite of Trump because he was he was very accessible, like Trump, like yeah. the previous presidents, not as accessible mm-hmm. as he was. People could talk to him, but, but he even didn't when know people, people talked, very well. when people talked to him. He didn't always talk back. No. He, he, was, he was a very, very quiet man. He did not say yeah. he was a man of few words. So, interesting. Yeah, Calvin okay. Coolidge, born it, on the 4th I'll, of July. I remember that as you're shooting off the fireworks. I almost <laughs> I almost went with Andrew Johnson, but uh, impeachment questions didn't come Hickory? up. that Hickory? No, that's uh, Andrew Jackson. Oh, yeah, wrong Andrew. Okay, anyway. Wrong Hickory. Uh, question, number th- <laughs> question number three. You, I know you'll know this one. Okay. His second inaugural address began with the words, with malice toward none, with charity for all. Charity towards all. This early founding father or later? I'm not giving you no hints. I'm going to say Abraham Lincoln. And you would be right. Is it? Ding, ding, ding. You I already gonna, have three of three. I was going to go with John Adams because that sounded like something that somebody wrote for him back in the day. Yeah, John Adams <laughs> had a lot of really good stuff to say, didn't he? But yeah, yeah. Abraham One Lincoln, One of the most of overlooked course, presidents in our history. Um, a, a country massively divided. It was yeah. his second president yeah. or his second term. Mm-hmm. And, he, and of course, he began it with that. That was just it's a, 41 days before his assassination. Yeah. And then if you say four score and whatever. Seven years ago. Seven years ago. Then you know that's Abraham Lincoln, too, the Gettysburg course, Address. Yeah. But he, he had a lot of great addresses, and we all read them. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I read them all, and I quit reading them after we have a uh, book of George his Bush Gettysburg first. Address. George Bush won. I quit reading them. Did you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I mean, Kennedy's I thought were fantastic. <laughs> right. All and right. I thought I, Tricky Dick had a couple good <laughs> inaugural addresses. He did. He did. They all did. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. you know. Okay. Anyway. Was there a stinker in the bunch? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, number four. Okay. This one, if you get this one, I give up. Uh, this president is rumored to have gotten stuck in a bathtub. Oh, Emily, that's so easy. Is it? Yeah. Who was the fattest president? Well, you haven't been elected yet, so. 
I joke. Yeah. <laughs> My hair's too short. Hey, you haven't been elected. Hey, we, hey up until our mid fifties, we age pretty good. Okay, the last three or four years, who is it? Come off the chain. Who is it? Uh, I don't know if he got stuck in a bath, bathtub or not, but I, it's not, I'm not, Coolidge is not my answer, but Coolidge was a hefty dude. Mm-hmm. But another hefty dude was uh, William Taft. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It was rumored because yeah. his chief usher, White House chief usher or whatever, had wrote a memoir and mm-hmm. said that that happened. So I don't know. It's possible. I mean... He could have gotten stuck in the carriage too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he could have gotten, like he tipped three hundred pounds. I think. Yeah, he Taft was. Tipped, yeah, he Taft was a big, was a big boy, guy. Yeah, big dude. Uh, question number five: Which president? I could just hear him now. The president's wedged in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know how I remember that? I, I don't know when I learned that. I was younger though, yeah. but I remember Taft and mm-hmm. Taffy. Yeah. And that's how I remember he was he was a hefty president because he ate a lot of taffy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. Taft and taffy really okay, close. So question I'm four number five. So I'm, go- I'm golden. I, I can I can phone it in. From you here. got only a few more left here. Question number five: Which president has a middle initial that stands for absolutely nothing? Uh, is it Quincy Adams? <laughs> uh, okay, all right. What's uh. Quincy Adams' middle initial? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Quincy, Quincy R. Adams Jr. <laughs> I have no idea. No, it's actually, uh, you're going to be surprised by this one. It's actually. I'm late with the buzzer, but I go. have to give it to myself. I like it. I uh, the Who? answer is Harry S. Truman. Oh, yeah. S actually stands for, there's no name there. It's just Harry S. Truman. And mm-hmm. S was a uh, given to him in honor of his two grandfathers. Uh, his one grandfather was, I have their Like names, Stanley right? and the other was Samuel, yeah, so they just made it yeah. S. Andrew, Anderson Ship Truman and Solomon Young. Those were the two men. Okay, so, so you got S out of that. And that was I knew that, and I just blanked. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was a pretty, that was kind of a common practice, semi-common practice in the South back then. So, yeah. yeah Harry a, S. Truman. Yeah. S means nothing. Okay, <laughs> which, this, I love this one. This is my favorite. Which president worked as a model for Cosmopolitan, uh, Cosmopolitan magazine? Okay, so this is not Founding Fathers. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. Let's be honest. Gerald Ford had a look about him, okay? Was Gerald a looker? Yeah. You know, Cosmo dumped him when he fell down the stairs on the plane, I think. Um, All right, Cosmopolitan Magazine was was an actual model for him before he became president. Mm -hmm. Did he, did I mean, like, worked as a model or Mm -hmm. did a shoot for them? Did several shoots for several companies. Before he became president. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with JFK. Ooh, you were right the first time. It was Gerald Ford. Was it really? Gerald Ford was a model for Look Magazine. <laughs> you remember Look you Magazine? You Cosmopolitan. Was and Cosmopolitan. He did that while he was at Yale. And you know all college students need a little extra cash. So he started modeling for two modeling agencies, one of them which he eventually invested in. But he modeled... Until 1941. Hmm. So pretty interesting stuff. Now, Gerald R. Ford, what does the R stand for? Right on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We're playing that in a little bit. We're going to bring Mike Shaw in and we're going to play that. Ricardo Shilly Shally. (laughs) (laughs) Gerald Ricardo Do you know where he was born? Grand Rapids, Michigan. No, he grew up in... Grand Rapids. Well, Grand Rapids is where his presidential museum is. Yeah, and he he was born in Omaha. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, His middle name... Gerald R. Gerald R. Ford Rudolph mm. makes me love him even more. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, last well, question. Well, he replaced Richard Frosty Nixon. <laughs> so, 
Are you sure he wasn't the heat miser or whatever? Yeah, the heat miser. Know. Anyway, uh, last question. Of the living presidents, now just a quick president. run through of the presidents that are still living. Of the living presidents, which one has no zero nada slave ownership in their family history? Barack Obama. Wrong. Jimmy Carter. Wrong. This is not a topic I deep, deep dive on. I don't. I know. You know, um, Reagan. No. Oh, he's dead. Um, <laughs> Just feels like he's still with us. I right? don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give Donald myself the Trump. Of... Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump was the only living president that has absolutely no slave ownership in all of his family lineage. So that's good. And to that's know. recent. I like that. And I haven't been studying presidents of recent times. So yeah. I, Notice everything I get wrong is all. So what, I didn't even keep track. JFK. How many did you get right? Well, is that seven? Yeah, that's seven. I yeah. got four or five right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mike, Mike said I got five right. Yeah, I could see Mike in my peripheral. He 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 was he knew a lot of them. I saw his head nod, and he knew. Let's bring him on. Let's bring him on. Let's bring I wanna, on Mike. I want to play some right on way off. Welcome to the show, Mike. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's coming up the elevator. <laughs> Here comes Mike Shaw. Welcome to the studio. There he is. There he hey. is. Turn on my mic. There we go. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I got I, two. I only got two. Oh, did you really? Oh, Which yeah. ones did you know? Uh, the Taft and then. Uh, yeah, everybody knows Taft was, what was stuck the in the one? tub. Yeah, Taft stuck in a tub. And then the and the Lincoln inaugural. That is really an indictment yeah. on the American public education system, right, right there. Hey, don't hey. tell us we all got fat in this generation. Taft stands. Right. You could be president someday, you right? Could. Why not? Right. And what That's was the right. other one? You said the Taft one. And the uh, second inaugural address by Lincoln. Uh, right. Did you know the Trump one? Mm, uh, yeah, on the Trump one. I got okay. three. Okay, we'll I see got three. three. And yeah. how many did you get, Chris? I got five. Five. Very good. Or four. That, four. Four plus five a tie. Five or six. I was impressed. Well, well and actually, I kind of I started threw... joking about Gerald Ford being the, yeah, the right. thing. And I, I couldn't tell by, I could tell by the look on her face that I was doing something. I had my poker face on, man. You tried. I knew I was in the mud somewhere. So I'm a good test taker. I'm usually, yeah. you know, on multiple choice, especially, yeah. right? Yeah. These were essay questions. <laughs> I know. That's the hardest type. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I was so impressed, Chris. Fill in Very the good. blank. Right? Fill in the blank. I know. Right. It's an he's smart. He's well, we're going to play right smart. on way off, and Emily's got the con for that. She's going to be in charge of that. Right. Uh, we also have a topic that we want to talk about that is a catalyst to why yeah. Fresh Road Media wants to back Mike Shaw with his own show. This dun, has been dun, something dun. we've been talking about for six months, Yep. Um, and it's coming to a fruition. And so, Mike, I'm going to let you make the announcement, uh, but I want everybody to know Emily and I, Emily's the CEO of FreshRoadMedia.com. I'm right. just a consultant, yeah. and I'm just telling you that we are excited for this because it's something that I think is necessary. Very neat. And the new show, uh, go ahead, tell us about what the new show is, Mike Shaw. Yeah, so it's a longer story. I won't tell the whole thing now, but um, God put this on my heart years ago, and I've kind of been disobedient, disobedient waiting this long, but we're finally <laughs> launching my podcast, Jesus is Coming Soon. Yes. On July 13th is probably when that will drop. Okay. At Fresh Road Media, 
Dot yeah. com. Just more, right. more encouragement that you can get right yeah. here at freshroadmedia.com. Well, org. you've owned that website for a while. Right. And so, so that will point to Fresh Road Media. Then. It will. Yeah. Um, back when you could still get good URLs, because I'm a techie person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and when I first became a Christian in 2000, I was jogging back then. <laughs> anyway, that's another thing. So <laughs> we I all a, were jogging. I was in the park jogging. Oh, you know. Let's be honest. I'm 35 we years need, old in pretty need, good shape. What, what, what number of president was Taft? I don't like, know. Like, wasn't he like 12 or something? Uh, or maybe. 15? I used to know all of them in fifth grade. But. Yeah, we got to get you a, a Taft Tub 15 shirt Washington, or something. Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, Is there a little song that goes with I the used presidents? To, I used Wash to know Jeff you could say a president, a and I would say 16th or I know. 17th. Hey, right? Right? Yeah. I can't do that anymore I can because still, I'm I still know all the capitals. Okay. Yeah. Did you okay. notice all my answers were pre-JFK? Like pre JFK, I knew I knew a lot, but then post JFK, yeah. I just so your short term memory is really going. <laughs> no, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I was not history was not my favorite. All right. I was a science guy. I want you to tell as much of the yeah. story as you yes. feel comfortable because Mike, yeah. this is part of the journey. You came to Iowa. God's called you here. Yep. We're trusting for His provision, and right now uh, we're struggling to see His provision. But we know that He's got this. We know that we've got a purpose. And your show is neat. This show, No yeah. Apology with Emily Danielson, is needed. Yep. No, uh, uh, Jesus Coming Soon with Mike Shaw. These are needed shows. Bible Idiots. Bible Idiots. Yes. Just my teaching platform yes. and my sermons. I mean, I can't tell you what a joy it is. It's, it's a rush like I can't explain because I know it's not me when someone calls and says, hey, a friend of mine turned me on to your sermon. I just listened to it. I just wanted to talk to you. I've had those calls since I moved to Iowa right. three mm-hmm. times. Nice. And it's not monthly, but it's you know you know. It, but when yeah. they come in, it's just it's one of the guys that called me. I he doesn't live near here; lives like forty five miles away. I asked him to come to our church, and he got baptized. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love mean, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I me too. I had a lady come up to me the other day and just say that she heard the podcast that we did on deconstructionism yep. and how that was so helpful for her, and yeah. she really appreciated that, and it settled some things in her in her mind uh, about it because it's kind of a thing that is maybe not too familiar with a lot of Christians. Right. But yeah, what an encouragement because that's what it's all about. Yep. So Mike Shaw, yep. take it away. Uh, we, we've got, so when we last they, left they, uh, Mike... Tell us the worst kept was, secret on the show. He was jogging in the park in yeah. Hallwood, Texas. And I was thinking uh, I was thinking of URLs to buy and I was like, Jesus is coming soon.org. That would be awesome. And so after my jog, I went home and it was available. So I Ooh. got it. I've, so I've had it since 2000. And in the early days, I had very little content on there. Probably still do. You can go to it now. JesusIsComingSoon.org. Um, that's right. And uh, I used to get just 10 automatic views from all over the world Woo. just because of the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and so anyway, fast forward to even just probably 5, 10 years ago. Uh, it was really on my heart to do YouTube and, and podcast on Jesus Is Coming Soon. And we're finally there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, July 12th, 13th. Like Let's that. talk about awesome. what that show is going to entail, because mm-hmm. uh, this show has a few news headlines. You're still right. going to be a guest as our news director. Uh, we talk about Christian living, but it's really about apologetics. No Apology with Emily and Chris is about Bible apologetics, knowing what Jesus has for us for this such a time as this, and then merging Christian living news headlines together with Bible movies, um, you know, or Christian movies with Christian comedy, Christian, you know, food recipes, whatever. That's what this show's going to be. 
Yours is going to be different. Tell us about the deep vision that you have been given by God to do this show. By the way, Mike Shaw used to host a talk show by himself for four years in Tucson. When we were broadcasting in Arizona, he was our news director, would come on our show live every day for a couple years. And so (laughs) it's not like this is like, you know, Johnny Tryhard out in the garage starting a podcast. I did. I was a a rock and roll jock in Roswell, New Mexico. How many (laughs) people can say that? Mike Shaw, spin of the hits. That's right. (laughs) All right. So, Mike, hit us with, let's go, let's take a quick deep dive on your show and then we'll get into right on way off. Or we'll so, get into the AI Bible thing, which is yes. a big reason why this show has to exist. So big overlap on our, our two shows, of course. Um, and really the focus of Jesus is coming soon is two things. Uh, the news part of it is we know in Revelation, there is a one world government coming. There is a one world religion coming. There is a one world currency coming. And so those are some of the headlines that I've brought to this show. We're going to go more in depth on some of that stuff as things come up. Um, with that focus for sure. And then, of course, we also know, you know, what, uh, you know, Paul was encouraging Timothy in the last days, you know, how the culture is going to be. And we're seeing that as well. We're seeing all of this unfold right now. And so we want to be watchmen on the wall. We want to let people know what time it is Mm -hmm. so that you know. Be ready. If you be ready, if you're a Christian, get close to God, get close to Jesus. If you're not a Christian, get in the family while there's still time. Exactly. And then the other part of it is going to be just interviews. Um, Sometimes it will be pastors about uh, eschatology, end times prophecy type stuff. Sometimes it'll be, um, you know, just someone with their testimony. Yeah. Um, Godly principles, encouragement for the body of Christ. All of that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and I really think that we could have gotten a much better name than Jesus is coming soon. (laughs) And and no, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Let's talk about that for a second because um, your show is not going to always be end times prophecy. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. And but there's so much more. Correct. I just think there would be a better name. And you told me you said I prayed about it. God has spoken. This is what the name's going to be. So. We 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 even brainstormed some names. And when when Andrew when. Andrew Gomison came on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had some really, you know, culture That's watch. That's right. I thought yeah. that was great, but I prayed about it, and it's like it's always been Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think God put it on my heart in 2000 to grab that URL for a reason, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's, it hasn't changed. So I yeah. and I have prayed about it. Right. Some people pray and fast. I prayed fast. Um, (laughs) well, no, I, I I would like to, I would like to make sure we work out a really good positioning statement for you. What I mean by that is. Because it makes sense, Mike, when you explain it When you explain it. It makes sense as to why that's a perfect name. We used to have the Chris and Emily show and it was like, well, what's that? That sounds like every other show. And so we had a positioning statement that we used for 15 years. It was. Laugh louder, dig deeper, live larger. And it was literally always have fun, which we do, which is natural. (laughs) And then (laughs) dig deeper because we're going to dig deeper in God's word. So we'll be laughing, talking about God's word. And then we live larger in what? It, because we, we, we live larger because we're so cool? No. Because we eat a lot? Because <laughs> we want to get stuck in the tub like a great president from the past? We don't want to, but it happens. It, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we live Lord. larger in Jesus Christ. So I uh-huh. think Jesus is coming soon with Mike Shaw. Encouragement for the body of Christ yes. as we await our Savior's return. Yeah. In such a time as this. Yeah, because there's such a time as this. I've heard from other pastors, you know, because I listen to other sermons and stuff yeah. throughout the week, right. and I've heard pastors who hear from their congregants and say, do we have to talk about this stuff? Do we have to yeah. talk? You know, Revelation is scary. Revelation's hard. Right. Do we have to talk about hell? Do we? Yeah. And the pastor's response is, yes, yeah. 
We do. It's in the Bible. Yeah, it's a yeah. You know what Revelation is? Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Exactly. How important is that? Feeling of who He is. Chris has talked about it from the pulpit. It's like it's not your cartoon Jesus. This guy. He's got. He's got a tongue coming out of his. You know, it's a sharp like edge, a sword. A sword, sword yeah. that divides the word. He is the living word. Yeah. He has fire in his eyes. His yeah. voice sounds like many waters. It, yeah. um, he's awesome. His yeah. hair he's white as wool. He's all powerful. And, right. uh, his eyes are like flaming yeah. fire. He is the fire Lord, coming the, from his eyes. He's the Lord of the universe the, that he created. The yeah. Apostle John, who the is the disciple Jesus loved, I think, knew Jesus as a man, yeah. man to man, right. better than almost anybody else on the planet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when he saw Jesus for the first time, and you can read it yourself in, in Revelation, cha- yeah, in Revelation chapter one, between you know, just read, just sit down and read Revelation one, two, man. and three. If that doesn't fire you up, I don't know. Yeah. He fell as if he was dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a terror. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's right. ter- like those fainting goats. <laughs> it's, ter- <laughs> it's terrifying to yeah. fall into the hands of a living God. That's the Jesus right. we serve, right. and that's why I don't have a problem with the painting of the young lady jumping into the arms of Jesus when she crosses over into heaven, and they're all smiling and laughing. That is, but just the joy, the joy is going to be so much more after Uh, you're revived from your terrifying moment (laughs) you see Jesus for the first time. And that's the Lord we serve. That's why we need to keep doing these shows. He's coming as judge. And how many people stand before a judge thinking, oh, I just can't wait to hug you. No, you stand before a judge and this is just a human being. And you're a little on edge. Yeah, these, are, these can be uncomfortable truths. Even but when, if you're innocent, you're a little on when edge. When Jesus comes back, he's coming to judge the yes. nations. Yeah. And so even as Christians, we have to have the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. yeah. which brings us you know, into right living yeah. uh, because you know, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And so we want to serve him and serve him well. Yeah. Yeah. And none of us can because we're all losers. <laughs> right, Chris? <laughs> Stealing well, from Chris. In, but, the, in the broadcast industry, there is a thing called a P- Listener, P1, P2, P3, P4. You are slotted based on how you interact with the station, how you interact with the signal. P1 listeners, they are your fans. fans. They are the ones who are with you through thick and thin. You're on preset number one in their car the whole nine yards. That's a P1 listener. Our P1 listeners... When they think of Fresh Road Media and they, they want to hear a sermon, I want them to go to Bible Idiots. When they want to hear about what topics have launched in the country in the last week and they want to hear the facts and the news behind it, I want them to go to Jesus Coming Soon with Mike Shaw. Mm-hmm. If they want to hear people talk about what happened in a Christian living, apologetic kind of way, I want them to tune in to No Apology with cool. Emily. And that's kind of what Fresh Road has started now. We have vision on a few more shows that we yeah. want to launch. Yeah. But, Mike, when people come to your show, I want them yeah. to know, like, okay, this the, this guy came out and talked about how AI is going to rewrite yep. a, a very true Bible. We got yeah. that coming up in a second. <laughs> a yeah. truer when, Bible. When, when that happens in my news headlines, I want my mind to flip to, I can't wait to see how Mike Shaw deals with this because right. it's that that important. Not that you're going to get to every headline. You're going to probably no. be... But that's out of that that news coming into, you know, interviews and and doing different things. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I'm excited for the aspect that, you know, there's so much drivel. We have these news outlets that are on 24-7 and they talk about stuff that's just like so, like, who cares? Their listenership is going way down. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, when I start to hear, Mike, these news stories that really capture your attention Mm -hmm. and you kind of spell them out, there's always an eternal aspect to them. There's always a gospel aspect. What does that mean for the Christian, both now 
and in eternity and mm-hmm. and how does that help us navigate life and so that's what i'm really excited about is that it's not just going to be news headlines for the sake of you know getting people all riled up or news headlines because these people that we're just infatuated with and we want to find out what's the newest with these celebrities it's news that matters to the believer and that's what i'm really excited about because we are swimming in information right it's, and it's, it's nice to go to a place where it's just like this is what i need i don't want to filter through the and rest. that's the point it's going to be that biblical perspective especially mm-hmm. as it relates to what is in revelation about a one world government one world currency mm-hmm. and uh, one world religion um and and so those are very important as we see these things unfold we know what time it is yeah Speaking of which, let's get to that. Let's uh, do to that. that video. Yeah. I found this short clip uh, on the interwebs, and uh, <laughs> he's not, AI is not good enough to duplicate this yet, so it's really him, okay. uh, Professor Yuval Noah Harari. We've talked about him before mm-hmm. on this show, and I talked about it in my sermon a week and a half ago when Chris was in Israel. Yeah, um, and what this guy is actually a consultant for the WEF. He He's helping Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Okay, um, now hold on one right. second. I want you to say his name again because I think it's a name that I want people mm-hmm. to know. Like uh, when they hear it again, I want their ears to prick. Professor, and I don't know, Yuval is how you say it? So, yeah. Uh, Noah Harari. Yuval Noah Harari. Correct. Remember that name. Yeah, he's, All right. he's Israeli. Yep, yep. All right. And in this um, clip, AI. Uh, and uh, and I'll talk more about this after the clip. But in this clip, he talks about how artificial intelligence soon may write a Bible that will be the true religion. Um, AI can create new ideas, can even write a new Bible. We, you know, throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity. Every religion claims our book, all the other books of the other religions, they humans wrote them. But our book, no, 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 no. It came from some superhuman intelligence. In a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct. That just think about a religion whose holy book is written by an AI. Wow. I know, isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, that's insane. So, did yeah. you hear what he said? He said this would be the new, the true religion. The true yeah. Bible. <laughs> Actually be going to get it correct. Yeah. 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 I yeah. thought it was uh-huh. really interesting how he talked about how this will be supernatural. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. like you mean like the Bible? Well, that's written by men. <laughs> you know, I got a movie, 92 yeah. Minutes Plus Credits, which shows you that the Bible was truly written through men by God himself. Right. And here's yeah. the question. Who invented yeah. AI? Yeah. Men, right? It's all men. Yeah. But see, here's the scary part now. Here's, by the way, here's the scary part about AI. Yeah. yeah. The people who've invented it, the people who coded it, they say that it's 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 got away from them now. Yeah. Yeah. They're they all talking they're, about that. Yeah. yeah. They're all talking about how when they have they, its own general intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. They it, it, it is gone. Which they, will they surpass can't, our intelligence. They can't yeah. control it, and so when they talk about like the machines rise up and the ATMs will probably yeah. be in charge. They're already <laughs> showing that. They're if showing, you can hear our voice, yeah. you are the resistance. They're yeah. talking about how Terminator. there are instances yeah. of AI getting angry at the operators yeah. and and like, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. So when, these, when this AI has capability to act on those things, um, yeah. that's scary. So, so I saw a story that mm-hmm. PETA actually rewrote Genesis <laughs> using AI. 
And I don't know how true it is. I didn't chase it all the way down, really? so I didn't confirm. That's <laughs> when I think the, I need a good Bible yeah. lesson. So yeah. Peter rewriting Genesis. <laughs> and so it, does, it the, the authority of God is all taken out, mm-hmm. and everyone's a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is just, this is the kind of nutso stuff that's coming. <laughs> but in Revelation, one world government. Yep. Yeah. One world religion. So do you think with this AI, because this is what I think, yeah. so tell me if I'm way off. Right on or way off? Well, we're not there uh, yet. <laughs> with, with this AI uh-huh. arising, yeah. and I'm sure it will be massively popular. Um, it's in everything popular. already. Yeah. It's, already, it's in everything already yeah. baked in. Um, that's going to make what you're holding in your hand, that Bible, not the Bible on your phone or on your device, but that's going to make the Bible the book that you're holding in your hand, number one, obsolete, and then eventually illegal. Yeah. yeah. You it's going to add confusion a lot when a they lot come out confusion. with their versions their versions of the Bibles. You think we have, you know, some controversy about ESV versus New King James <laughs> yeah, versus, right. you know, King Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they start coming out with the PETA Bible yeah. mm-hmm. um, or, you know, the true religion Bible— yeah. Uh, it, it's going to add confusion first, and then it is. eventually we see in the Bible where we have one world religion, you can't have other religions. Right. So they will be outlawing the Bible and outlawing yeah. Christians. Because right now we can yeah. we can look back at history and we can yeah. show how God has indeed miraculously, but there's evidences, preserved his word. Yeah. yeah. So that when you pick up your Bible— um, you are reading the same thing that was written. It. Yeah, you can trust it word for word, cover super, to cover. He superintended that whole process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But with AI and so on, that's that's going to be tough. I think that question that yeah. people ask, well, how can you really know with all the versions? I mean, it's a legitimate question. Sure. Right now it's well, got a great answer. Yep. But that, like you said, uh, Mike, it's going to throw in a lot more con- confusion. Well, it's just like the Gospels. You know, people say the four Gospels have, you know, some of the same stories with just different takes on yeah. them. Mm-hmm. To me, that adds to its credibility. Exactly. It doesn't take away from it. Yeah. And when you're looking at, um, you know, what's going on with AI creating a Bible, it's, it's, it's going to eliminate the authority of God's Word, which is already eliminated. And what we're watching in, in politics um, and in... Uh, evolution and and all these things you're seeing where the truth the actual truth what we know to be true can't argue with it it's like empirical evidence right we can discount it and have our own way exactly <laughs> a, a guy a, a teacher just got fired in I, th- I think it was Florida um, where he might have a fighting chance in Florida but if it was Connecticut he wouldn't Maybe it was Connecticut. Anyway, he got <laughs> fired for sharing with his students. It was Texas. It was Texas. It was it Texas? Yep. He got wow. fired, so he's got a chance. I knew he had a chance. He got fired for sharing with his students that gender is really about what chromosomes you have. Xs and Ys. Yeah, and he got fired for that. And he's not the first one. No, he's not the first one. Also, it's now illegal in certain states, and California is really pushing it, that they can take your kids away and imprison you if you don't use the yeah. right pronoun. That just yeah. passed. Yeah. I mean, this is this is absolute madness. And what does God say? In his word, in Romans chapter 1, he tells us that it's not the homosexuals. It's the people that support them. The whole batch right. is going to be given over to a depraved mind. Yeah. Well, a debased, depraved mind, when you do a deep dive on that scripture, what you find is you find that that means they're not able to even take care of themselves. What right. does that mean? That means 
that they can look at two plus two and they can add it up to four and they will claim that it's five and they will stand on five as if their life depends on it. Oh it's that it's, bad. It's, it's that, that bad now. Bad. All it you have is, to do is look at the news. Yeah. It is that it bad. It is that bad. Right? It's bad. And when you get into then the book of Revelation, I think yeah. it's I think it's the Church of Laodicea. I could be wrong. Correct church. me. Uh, where they're putting up. With perversion mm. and yep. sin, they're putting up with it. Like and he and also, and I claims... really feel like that's where we are right now. Yeah. We're putting up with it. Like we don't agree with it. Okay, fine, whatever. But we're putting up with it. In the Church of Laodicea, mm-hmm. he claims to be the Creator God, mm-hmm. like specifically. Wow. Yeah. So if we are in the seventh last church yeah. age, and we are Laodicea. It goes hand in glove with what we're seeing. Right. But the point is, is that many will fall away, which yeah. is why my whole ministry, our whole deal with Laugh Louder, Dig Deeper, Live Larger, everything that I am about always comes back to one central thing, and that is come out of your deception. Yeah. Come out of your deception while you still can. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I watch these, some of the, 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 there's some really good, friendly, awesome people in my life that happen to be really deceived, and it's mostly based on their democratic voting liberal worldview. They cannot merge that with authentic biblical Christianity, and so instead they're going to try to tear us down to prop themselves up instead of looking at themselves, humbling themselves, repenting, and becoming an authentic Christian. Because yeah. if you become an authentic Christian, it's pretty hard nowadays in 2023. I'd say it's impossible to vote for a Democrat who's supporting these people who want to come and have sex with your children. Okay, at some point, somebody's got to stand up and confront evil. Okay? Oh gosh, it's like you're quoting... It's like you were quoting Genesis when uh, <laughs> when the angels are in Sodom and, yeah. the, and right? the townspeople are trying, hey, those strangers that came to visit you, send them out yeah. to us so we can have sex with them. Yeah. Right. It's I mean, like that's where we are. The, the yeah. pride rallies that have happened uh, in the last couple of weeks with the— uh, No, know, we're coming for your kids. Yeah. They're chanting it. Yeah. And, and not only that, but they're running around naked in front of children. Oh. I mean, this if, if, if <laughs> what's it going to take? What's laws. it going to take for people to wake up and say yeah, enough? Right. Yeah. Okay, right. I, okay, we're not buying Bud Light. I get that. Yeah. We're not shopping at Target. Well, That's let me good. clue you in on something. We haven't been shopping at Target for four years. When I know, AFA, I wish I could boycott them again, but I can't. Yeah, I'm we're still boycotting. When AFA came out with their boycott <laughs> about the bathroom situation years ago, we said this is yeah. the slippery slope. And when Christians, yeah. I mean, we had over, I mean, AFA had over a million signatures. One of them was ours. And, you know, they, they couldn't get any traction with this. Yeah. I no. mean, the, the Christians, by and large, would not embrace cheap it. trinkets that think, will uh, later end up on their garage. Well, now. here's what part of the good news, I guess, <laughs> yeah. in them pushing so hard, mm-hmm. because they have to in order in right. order to get to where they're going. They have to, mm-hmm. and the more they push, the more people are red pilled and, and are waking yeah. up. So that is the good news. And to tie it up into a nice uh, bow, uh, which you were talking about earlier, Chris, about discipleship from the pulpit. Yeah. 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 It's like you know, you preach the word, we stand on the word. Uh, we proclaim the word, uh, we stand on truth, and then people read the Bible for themselves while it's yeah. still the Bible. Yeah. And that is what washes your mind. That's what yeah. transforms exactly. your heart, so if you're, the Spirit of God inside of you using yeah. all of that. And if you're sitting in the pews on Sunday, then I hope on Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. you're out witnessing to your friends and your family and your coworker and your neighbor and all those things, because if you're not, you're wasting your time even sitting in the pew on Sunday. Exactly. It's all about discipleship. Mm-hmm. And you are being discipled so that you will then go out and be fishers of men. It's all about building the kingdom of God because God is life. Apart from him, there is no life. We're going to be playing right on, way off. 
coming up here on Listener Supported, Fresh Road Media's No Apology with Emily and Chris. We're going to take a quick break on video. If you're on audio, we're coming right back. But on video, I want you to get a chance to see the Bible Idiots trailer, and we'll send that to you for a gift of any amount at freshroadmedia.com. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Mike Shaw is our special guest, as always, our news director sitting in with us. Glad to have you along. If you missed it, well, I don't know how you could since this is download. I still get into terrestrial radio where it's like people <laughs> know, are coming right? and going. If you're just tuning, if you're just tuning, tuning in, in, yeah, I just uh, fast why you downloaded no and spread to a no one hour, 13 minutes, I don't know. But if you're just tuning in... <laughs> On this totally different format uh, process. Mike Shaw has announced that his new show is going to be on FreshRoadMedia.com, and we're targeting the launch date to be July 12th or 13th, right in that area. One of the things we're going to do on this show and on Mike's show and on Bible Idiots is get really consistent. We... We are dropping sermons on BibleIdiots.com just sporadically, like two or three will go for two weeks and we'll take a month off and come back. Well, part of it is we're just trying to find our sea legs because Emily does some stuff, I did some stuff, Mike's doing some stuff. We, we got to get consistent. Same with this show. Uh, after the 4th of July week, we're going to start dropping every Tuesday afternoon. Mike's going to drop his every Wednesday afternoon. So for much of the week, you can have us for part of your commute. The feedback we've been getting from listeners goes hand in glove with what I'm about to tell you, and that is their favorite part of the, of the program is Emily. Their second favorite part of the program is Right On, Way Off. And Emily, yes. you've got the con. What are we doing today? We are playing Rowo, and of course, with the Rowo, <laughs> Rowo, Right On, Way Off. Oh, That's Rowo. That's the ac- okay. acronym, you oh, know. Yeah. So. That's great. Did, did we check uh, it out with J-Lo? <laughs> No, no. Uh, do you remember Rolo. Janet Napolitano when she was governor for oh, Arizona? Gosh. Yes, I do. We, na- we nicknamed her. Thanks Jan- for reminding me. Do you remember the boycott we had? I mean, I, I do because she wanted to not call it a Christmas tree; it was a holiday tree. And we said anybody, and so I, then until I was told I couldn't anymore for three days in a row, and then I got told I couldn't anymore. I was giving out the number to her office <laughs> on the air uh, nice. for people to call and complain that and they wanted yes. a Christmas tree. Nice. And in that process, I nicknamed her Jano. Yes, <laughs> she became. Jane. No to the Christmas tree, Jano. Perfect. And so, so thank that was you, pretty fun. thank you for that yeah. horrible memory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you you brought it up with Rowo, <laughs> right? All right, Rowo on. The whole point of this Rowo is that I want people to, you know, like I said earlier, make loving America great again, right? Mm-hmm. So today on Rowo, we're going to talk about what's more American. What Whoa. is more American? I'm going to give you some options. Okay. You tell me what's more American. I don't know how many I have here. Four, maybe five. Uh, let's just play. Let's just play. Question number one. Hamburgers are more American than hot dogs. Right on or way off. Mike, you what do you to Mike? think? Okay. That's so way off. <laughs> <laughs> So way off, and it's marketing. (laughs) Why? But everyone knows hot dogs are American. Yeah. I mean, it's a marketing thing. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) where do you get your beef? Uh, But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go way off. All right, way off. What do you think, Chris? I'm right on. Oh, really? I'm right on. America is a hamburger country. We serve a lot of them, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Just because Chevrolet came out with baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet and branded that to beat the band in the 70s. Uh, Hot dogs are actually a derivative of sausages, which come from Germany. So it's not really our native food. Hamburgers on a bun is is what we're known for around the world. In fact, just coming back from the Middle East, I can tell you that the places that serve hamburgers sometimes call it America hamburger or uh, Burger USA. 
Okay. You know, I mean, okay. we are identified with hamburgers, especially yes. because of McDonald's and okay. around the world. So, all right, I, you look you... when when I'm grilling for the Fourth of July, I'm grilling burgers and hot dogs, and guess which one I'm taking first. Hot, I mean a burger. Burger, yeah. 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 So, but, so, now you realize you are in Iowa, right? Well, I yeah. mean, you got a a bacon factory right yeah. now. You right. didn't That's say bacon. Right. You no. said hot, hot dogs. dogs yeah. No, but okay. I suppose you can have beef hot dogs. Weren't hamburgers well, named after Hamburg? I think. Oh, could be. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Can, can I make a, Can I make a sidebar about hot dogs? Of course. Go ahead. Tell us more about oh, hot of course. dogs. I'll just be exasperated <laughs> while you make another point about hot dogs. You trying to have fun over there. Go ahead. I didn't realize this was that important of an issue. That's a little too good, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> a little too spot on. Somebody lives with me day in, day out. All right. Hot dogs. <laughs> if America's food is hamburgers, I'm going to say hot dog is the number one spiritual food. What? It's a spiritual food. Why? Really? Why? Well, because... Uh, I have eaten hot dogs in different spots, and it is almost as good as filet mignon at Ruth Chris. And it's because of the environment. Yeah. If I, I, I once a year try to go to an outdoor baseball game and have a hot dog oh, yeah, yeah. in the fifth or sixth inning. I don't yeah. know why I wait that long, but yeah. and at a racetrack, any racetrack in the country. In fact, Talladega has this huge Talladega dog. I think it's like 10 bucks now, worth every penny. And so when you, when I'm eating a hot dog at a racetrack or I'm eating a hot dog at a, at a baseball uh-huh. game, it tastes different. You have said that before. It's Campfire one of your hot favorite, dogs. It's yeah. one of your favorite things, yeah, too. Yeah, Campfire hot dogs. You're True. outside. Eating yeah. it outside. Yeah. That's I think that's the ticket. You gotta be outside to well, eat the hot dog. I tell you what, I could, I could, really I, I could boil up a hot dog right now and run out of my deck, and it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, I know. But there have so, been instances in the middle of the night where you and I wake up and we're just we really and it's like oh, let's nuke a dog. Yeah, okay, yeah. you know we do that. So anyway, it's called the Midnight Fellowship of the Fridge. You guys should try it sometime. <laughs> All right. You might get stuck in a tub like a former let's president. Go on but anyway, go ahead. To question number two. Question number two. Question number two. GI Joe is more American than Barbie. Right on way off, Chris. I'm right on. Okay, why? I don't like Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I never played with Barbies. In fact, a couple of my G.I. Joes when I was five years old, we we did a command mission to eliminate Barbie and Ken. Ken. Her, yeah, her bodyguard was Ken. Good luck with that. It was a, it was a desert mission through the sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> Little toy soldiers took the, oh, <laughs> the infantry in front. So I'm right on G.I. Joe's American. Barbie's international. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Right, right on. on. Right, right on. on. The only thing I can add to that is G.I. Joe with Kung Fu get Grip. Mm. <laughs> yes, have to have the Kung Fu right? grip. Kung Fu grip. And also growing up uh, as a wee lad, uh, when we were going to the moon as Americans, Americans. Uh, I had a G.I. Joe that was an astronaut. <laughs> oh, Ooh, nice. Cool. I like that. So, come on. Okay, so. One small step for plastic moldings, one giant step <laughs> for the imagination of America. Here's the All deal right. with G.I. Joe and Barbie. Barbie was actually invented in 1959 by mm-hmm. a woman. And of course, then mm-hmm. with the popularity of that, G.I. Joe came second. So I kind of want to think maybe Barbie's a little more American because she came first, number one. And she did have the country camper. She now has these totally unrealistic beauty things going on. So that's very American. But she wants to date G.I. Joe more than Ken, though. Come on, right? Am I wrong about that? I guess I'm gonna agree with you guys because just because G.I. Joe has the dog tags. Yeah. You know, so, I yeah, think we okay. should come out with like a, a Lizzo Barbie and get her stuck in the tub at the country camper. 
<laughs> if only Taft knew that that yeah. was really the real yeah. image of beauty. Apparently, Fats didn't be beautiful, so he I'm gorgeous. He would have stayed in the Can tub. Can I have another hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number three. All right. We're and getting yeah, totally I'm, inappropriate I'm getting emails here. for that last uh, one. I know I am. Muscle cars are more American than apple pie. Dun, 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 dun. Who are you going with? I'll go with Mike. 100% right on. Uh, right. Oh, my goodness. I love apple pie. And again, the marketing. The well, you're going pie. with muscle cars, but I'm right going muscle, oh, cars, okay. muscle, muscle cars. Muscle cars are more American than right. apple pie. So I'm making the point on how cool muscle cars are because I love apple pie. Oh, I gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. how much more uh, American are muscle cars? Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a '71 Mustang nice. at one point, and it was uh, four different colors. I couldn't afford to really keep it up, but man, that thing was fast. <laughs> you had a Mustang mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, if I you want to, if you wanted to be somewhere in traffic, you just you're there. Yeah. You could just do it. I know. And then right? all my friends, I don't know how many Chevelles there were. <gasps> we uh, had a did, Chevelle. We got a GTO. Yeah. Another friend had an Impala. Mm-hmm. Running quarters in the in the high school drag race. Yeah. I mean, four speed yeah. Nova. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I remember <laughs> four speed Nova. Right? I remember growing up and having you know like I was used to driving Chevelles and so on. And then I got in your mom and dad's Toyota one time. Um, I had to get on the four ninety five or four ninety four whatever it is in the metro area in Minneapolis and I punched it and it did nothing. It did just you was turn like, off the air conditioner first? <laughs> right, yeah. Right. So, yeah, that car okay. that car had a like a it had a knocking noise that that really kind of rhymed with I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> okay. I'm right on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, going through the history of automobiles uh, with how the Germans did their thing and then, you know, the Asians started bringing their stuff uh, and the way the Americans just said, "Nope. Yeah. We're going to make something big." And we're going to put uh, trunks where you can put six teenagers in it to get into a movie, <laughs> a drive-in movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and no, I mean, um, you know, they think about the auto industry in the late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. literally coming together saying, we got we to gotta back her down a little right, bit. Right, yeah. Okay, we got guys out there that can't handle the horsepower. They're, you know, they're hurting themselves. And so they started this whole, well... Again, Jimmy Carter administration. Yeah, you know he was the worst president in the history of our country, economically was. until <laughs> yeah. recent recent yeah. people. Yeah, until recently. Yeah. Yep. So in that world, they had to start building cars because interest rates went to twenty percent. Yeah. Gas was in short supply, and yep. we're not talking about yep. the gas gas shortage of seventy three. We're talking about late seventies. The whole OPEC thing. Yeah. It just was a yeah, disaster. Disaster. Yeah. Killed the muscle car. Killed the big family boat. And. Um, but that still is America to this day. Yeah. And those are the cars that are going through the uh, Barrett-Jackson auctions in six figures. Yeah, right. right. It, was hard to get, it was hard to get hurt in those, too, because you were surrounded by American steel. I know, yeah. Yeah. right? They didn't bend easily. But I remember I Brad Stein used to do the, commercial, or do the uh, stand-up comedy bit about uh, how back in the day when we got in a head-on collision, we hit steel. It meant something. Now <laughs> all these airbags, it's like poof. Hey, we wrecked the car, Dad. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal. I agree with you guys. We are right on muscle okay. cars our way. We were more American than apple pie, but my reasoning is totally different. What's your reasoning? The actual very first recorded recipe for apple pie was in England. Ah. What year? What year, Chris? I'm going to go 1635. Mike? 1512. Oh, Mike was closer. 13. 
1881 <laughs> England oh, has a recipe. So it sounds yeah, like so you know, not very American. No, not very American. No, Johan invented the printing press and <laughs> got an apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> they brought it to the United States and it was wildly Free popular. apple pie with every Gutenberg Bible. Hey, every, time I, every, every time I hear 13-something, I always think of Gutenberg because nice. that's when he invented the printing press. That's which changed cool. everything. Changed the so. world. See, you are a smart guy. Sorry, I'm making a mess with all my papers. Yeah, all right. Okay, next question, last question. Last one. Here we go. Um, fireworks. Bring it Just as American as parades and guns. Right on or way off? I'm right on. Are you right yeah. on? Why? Well, blowing stuff up is what the founding fathers <laughs> wanted. <laughs> all right, Mike, what do you think? Um, I'm, uh, I'm right on for that reason, but way off because they're all made in China. But, oh. um, but you know, it's all the Star Spangled Banner, bombs yep. bursting in air. In all, you know, which was War of eighteen twelve, actually, when yeah. F. Scott, yeah, know, when F. Scott Fitzgerald. Well, I have a, a lot. Of, a lot of the fireworks are being made in America now, are they? and in Good. North America, yeah, because oh, I mean, I hired a lot of fire. I used to, uh, when I was running, when I was a part of the team that was managing Berlin Raceway, yeah. hiring the fireworks people fell on me a couple times, and <laughs> I had processed over my desk, and we had fireworks Memorial Day, yeah. July fourth. Season finale, and I mean, okay, that redeems it. Go into yeah. your boss who give you a budget yeah. of fifteen thousand dollars for fireworks and say, "No, I spent fifty, but it's yeah. going to be a great show." <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister Rogers once visited a firework factory, uh, and so I remember that very vividly. The Chinese invented fireworks, but you know, we probably improved on. I that. thought it was Gandalf. That's <laughs> <laughs> wrong movie, but yeah. Well, I do have actually a little bit of history as to why you guys are both totally right on. All right, hit us, and it goes back to our ever. Beloved John Adams, believe it or not. Way to go, John. He has so much great stuff to say. Well, uh, 1776, we all know that Congress did indeed uh, vote that, yes, indeed, the um, we are going to declare our independence. Now, on the 3rd of July of that same year, 1776, John Adams wrote a letter to his wife, Abigail. Oh, Abigail. Dearest Abigail. Was he was so great. He was so happy about it's this. It's been a whole fortnight thing. since I <laughs> saw you in my dreams, dearest Abigail. <laughs> he says, I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. He oh, was he was right, right. wasn't yeah, he? he yeah. Was right, yeah. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God nice. Almighty. <gasps> There's God again. again. Okay, but then here's the last sentence. He says it ought to be solemnized. Did I say that right? Solemnized yeah. with pomp and parade, with shoes, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward Mission forevermore. Yeah. Mission accomplished. It's almost like he was a prophet, right? Yeah. Nice. So those luminaries, that's exactly what he was talking about was those fireworks and a year later then okay so congress voted on the second and he wrote the letter on the third a year later on july 4th 1777 they celebrated our nation's very first birthday and they indeed had fireworks that they set off nice. yeah and the fireworks you know you go back to the story of the star spangled banner yeah. and that our flag was still there in the morning mm-hmm. yeah. that whole story which we don't have time for now war of 1812 fort sumner it's it's incredible <laughs> It's you incredible that the shelling, you know, that 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 took. It, we still celebrate that today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it started before mm-hmm. 1812, and mm-hmm. so, you know, the whole Star Spangled Banner and all of that, the the American history. 
to have everybody just like stomp all over it right now is just very disheartening for me. Yeah, and goodness. and again, I just spent the last week going through all my notes, going through everything. I, I took. I, I'm not making this up. My sermon on Sunday is an hour and forty five minutes. So, yeah. Okay, we're gonna be late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Turn I, that roast I, down I, low I, I, I gotta, before you I gotta move cut, on to church. I gotta cut down to a to a to a mean twenty five to thirty. But uh, tell the worship band to cut us off. <laughs> <laughs> that means that mean that means that there's a lot that's there that's there not going to be told. Yeah, and, and, it's hard and, to it's exhaust just, it. It really is yeah. our American heritage, our history. Of course, like Chris said, there's there's black marks there. But oh gosh. Put a whole bunch of sinners together. What do you think's gonna happen? You know, it's yeah. not gonna be all rainbows and llamas, but we have so much to be thankful for. And our founding fathers really pointed in the direction that we need to continue to point, and that is thankfulness to God for all He has done. And when we turn back to Him, mm-hmm. He will bless our nation. He will bless our land. He will bless our food. He will bless our water. All we have to do is turn to Him. So hopefully, through over the course of this show, we kind of encourage you to love America. Make loving America great again, Mike. Thanks for being with us, Chris. Let's have some lunch. (laughs) It's been a great show. Right on. Thanks for all you guys do, and everybody have a really wonderful 4th of July. Thanks for listening to Chris and Emily. No apology. Well, with Emily and Chris, actually, on FreshRoadMedia.com.